welcome to the Utah Women in Leadership podcast. I'm Dr. Susan Madsen, the founding director of the Utah Women in Leadership Project at Utah State University with the mission of strengthening the impact of Utah girls and women. And recently, the UWLP, the Governor's Office of Economic Opportunity, and the Cox Henderson Administration have worked together on an inspiring initiative to identify and highlight 100 Utah companies that do a great job of championing women. And as part of this podcast, I'm highlighting some of these companies on their policies and programs and initiatives that support family and advance women. And today we are spotlighting Extra Space Storage. Now, Extra Space Storage is the second largest operator of self-storage facilities in the U.S., and they have properties in 41 states and the Washington, D.C. as well. Today, I'm pleased to welcome Gwen McNeil, Chief of Legal, and also the Women Employee Resource Group Executive Sponsor, and also Whitney Harper, Senior Vice President of People. Welcome to you both. Thanks, Susan. Thank you, Dr. Madsen. Happy to be here. So I'll start us out. Gwen, I'd like to start with you. Please take a few minutes and introduce us to Extra Space Storage. We'd love to, I, I know our listeners would love to learn more about who you are and what you do. Sure, thank you. Um, so Extra Space Storage is a publicly traded REIT uh, in the state of Utah. I believe we're the largest public company by market cap, about 22 billion market cap. Uh, we employ about 4,700 employees. Our headquarters is in Salt Lake City, but our locations are primarily across the U.S., as you mentioned, in 41 states. We tend to um, be in a lot in the, the coastal area, along with Texas as well. Um, we do have a handful of self-storage locations here in Utah, but most of them are across the, across the country. Uh, we have uh, over 300 employees at our Salt Lake City corporate offices, as well as a lot of our site employees uh, across the country. Our, our mission really is to help people to a better tomorrow. A lot of our customers come to us when they are in the process of moving, downsizing, changing jobs, whatever it is. And so we view our role as helping them to that better tomorrow along with our employees as well. Whitney, anything else you would add on that? No, no I think that's you. great. About 300 employees then in the state of Utah. Um, and then you're a real national company, it sounds like, with lots of employees yeah. overall. Now, that's a great start for our conversation. Whitney, I want to shift over to you. Now, when you submitted the application to be considered as one of the 100 companies here in Utah Champion Women, you mentioned, well, first of all, you checked the box on a number of policies and programs that you do um, and, and then gave us a little more information about them. So first, I'd like to start with some of the policies or programs and things that you do that, that your company has been doing for a while. And then we'll shift over to some, some of the newest things that you're doing. So I'd love to have you share some of those things, Whitney. Absolutely. So um, we've had um, some services available to our team members, such as our employee assistance program, and that's where they can um, get access to mental health um, sessions. We actually just increased that. It's previously been three sessions a year. We increased it to five sessions just because we know mental health is an ongoing demand and something our employees are needing. Um, we also have a service called Health Advocate, and this is a great kind of concierge service where they can help with a variety of needs. And we all know with busy 
working individuals. They have lots of different things demanding on their time. So they help assisting with a variety of things such as finding pet care, childcare resources. They also assist with mental health resources and even navigating the healthcare system and can help with billing and kind of understanding what's going on with your healthcare there. We also paid parental leave. Um, we have 12 weeks paid parental leave for birth parent and two weeks paid parental leave for non-birth parents for our corporate team members. We have slightly different policies for our team members working in our stores, our field employees. Mm -hmm. um, but for those kind of here in Utah, and we have field employees here in Utah as well, um, but that's for our corporate employees. And um, we also have for our, our corporate team members here of uh, flexible work days so that uh, we typically expect everyone to be in the office three days a week and then can work from home two days a week. And then we also have, we've been exploring more remote positions as well, especially with our call center agents. We've really expanded our number of remote positions with them. I love that. Uh, so many things that are good for families in general. Anything that's good for families is good for women, right? It's good Absolutely. for men too. It's good mm -hmm. for men too. And I think and even in our younger generations of men more and more, they're expecting these kinds of things from companies. And, and so I love Definitely. that you have paid, paid family leave. You know, uh, sometimes we still see companies with that basic FMLA, which is not necessarily paid, but that paid family leave is so important. Um, and sometimes it seems like a long time, 12 weeks, but oh my gosh, time goes fast. It does go by very fast. That is true. <laughs> so I would love to shift back over to Gwen and specifically, since uh, you really help with the ERG for women, I would love to know more about that ERG, what you did, when, when you established it, a little bit more about that. Sure. Um, yeah, we started our ERGs about two years ago. Mm -hmm. um, we have an ERG for veterans. We have an ERG for the LGBTQ community and for our, our people, our employees of color. But the women's ERG is the one that uh, I am the executive sponsor of. What we love about our ERGs is they are really more grassroots and ground up instead of Whitney or myself come in and saying, here's what the women of extra space need. We hear instead kind of from our employees, uh, from our, our assistant site managers, all the way up through our more higher level employees about what it is that, that they need to be productive, engaged employees at extra space. So for an example, we had a meeting with our uh, focus group with some of our folks in Florida and one of the things that bubbled up that I wouldn't have guessed is uh, the safety issues that some of our site, our female site employees feel at our sites when they are working alone or uh, at at our sites uh, in some more geographically challenged areas. They are not always feeling as safe, and so looking at what can we do to ensure that they feel fully safe. What can our managers do to make sure they're asking the right questions of women employees? who may be feeling this more than their uh, male counterparts. And so it's things like that That's that we would not guess that uh, we hear them from the ground, ground up in our, in our ERGs and are able to then take actions of, you know, in some of these trickier demographic areas, making sure there's a panic button at the, at the site, doing, doing some yeah. additional things like that. I think that's so important because it really is, no matter what 
what people say, there's a big difference in feeling safe for women and men. And, um, and so especially at night, but, but other times as well. So that's, that's great to be able to hear from people, right? And it sounds like you got your ERGs going during the pandemic. We did. Yes, we did. Yeah. Yeah. The the interesting thing that uh, on that, Dr. Madsen, is we also invite allies. So we had a lot of our, um, a lot of the managers in the room during this discussion were men and they said that, you know, they'd never heard that and hadn't thought about it. So it's one of those where you really, sometimes it's, it's the women who have to ask the question and feel like there's a safe environment to bring it up. Uh, and we, we really think our ERGs are areas for that, uh, where you can have kind of that safe space to discuss some of the issues that do apply just to that particular ERG and in this case, in this case, women. So with your ERG for women specifically, do you include everybody? Is it online from all your sites every time? Or do you have sub kind of activities at different sites in person? Or how are you running that thus far? Yeah, it, it is a bit of a hybrid. So we okay. have um, the, the committee is district managers, uh, right. two, two female district managers, one uh, ally male district manager um, who are out in the field along with a woman at, in our corporate office, a lot of times they will send out information asking for agenda items. We put things right. online so that all of our field employees are able to access the information as well as having uh, regular meetings with the committee itself. Anything Thank else you. on that you would add? Yeah, we have act- Teams is our kind of networking connection tool that we utilize. And so that's where we can have kind of interactions and live discussion with team members um, kind of across the organization. Great. Thank you so much. And then uh, Whitney, I would love to have you talk more about you've, you've mentioned that flexible work and shifting and really trying to, I'm sure, listen to the needs of the employees there. But tell us a little bit about child care. Uh, child care is a bit of a monster for some companies yep. and some think it's all or nothing, but there's many kinds of support things for child care. What have you decided to do at your organization? Yeah, and this one is um, particularly a necessity for us. So especially with our team members out in the field, um, a lot of our stores are open till six and a lot of daycares close five or 530. And so it's also limited kind of a talent pool that we've been able to tap into because a lot of times our team will say, oh, I have a fantastic person I'd love to recommend, but their childcare closes at this time. Um, so one of the things we've done is we've engaged with a company called WeCare and they provide concierge childcare services. I feel like that old hair club for men. I'm like, not only am I a customer, I'm also a user of it. Um, so I have benefited from WeCare myself, um, but they're great helping to identify babysitters as well as full-time daycare or local nanny situations, as well as tutors. And so what happens is it's free service to any of our uh, team members that they can contact the service and they'll get identified with a specific concierge and they work with them and it's via text message, email, whatever your preferred format is, tell them the specific requirements you have and then they'll go do all the research. Because honestly, that can be one of the biggest burdens of trying to even identify what's available in your marketplace. And we know it varies so drastically across the US and having team members all across the nation. um, It's been great that they've been able to help identify kind of specific needs. And then for anyone they recommend, they do background check on them and then they send you all the information about that individual so you can be confident that they've kind of gone through the experience of kind of getting tested and all that background before you're going to trust your child with an individual. 
To me, this is really an innovative kind of solution with this company, honestly, because a lot of companies we found in our research the last few years is, is they don't even want to talk about it because they think they have to build an on-site childcare facility, which is great when companies can do that. However, most companies can't do that. I mean, it's really tricky. Right. So what you've chosen to do is, is just provide that support in a different way. And yeah. I bet that's so helpful because if you or one of your people in HR picked that up, that would be like a full-time job almost. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> and another benefit is to your point about kind of corporate style daycares, there are the corporate daycares that cross the U.S. and they tend to be very expensive. Yes. And so we also want to be sensitive to um, the financial requirements of our team members as well. And so another benefit of this group is that they really work at at-home daycares because they tend to be a little more affordable and wow. have more flexible hours. And so we just, when we researched it, we thought this is just a really good fit for the needs of our specific team members. Oh, I love that. Thank you so much. Gwen, tell, tell me a little bit more about one of the things you highlighted in this nomination was pay equity efforts. Tell me a little bit more about that. And, and Whitney can jump in as well. I know Whitney's in HR sure. specifically. Yeah. Yeah, it's something that we take a look at on an annual basis. We have a lot of different job descriptions, um, so it's not a small effort, uh, but we take a look at our different teammates in, in all of the different areas and try to make sure that there is pay equity a, across the country. We've had some instances where we found some inequities and we took immediate action um, to make sure that there is not that gender tax or person of color tax that sometimes ends up uh, happening within companies. Usually they're not, not meaning to, but I think if you're not willing to take a hard look at it, then sometimes those inequities uh, go unremedied. So we've, we've done that for the last few years and it's a, it's a big, big task for Whitney's team to um, go through all of the data for 4,700 employees. Yeah. Yeah. It's something that we are committed to and really, really feel is, is something that is important for our employees, but also for what we stand for as a company. Thank you so much for that. One of the things that sometimes organizational leaders push back on is, you know, they it's negotiation. Well, they didn't negotiate as much as the other person um, may have. And in, in the case of gender, typically men negotiate, women don't, and it's not, it's socialization. And when women negotiate, other people judge them often for that. Yeah. But I, but I, Whitney, I would love any comments that because I think things are switching because you know you can't just, I don't know what the word justify based on negotiation as we look at equity and equality in the workplace. Any comments, Whitney? Uh, yes, and this <laughs> is one where it's been a wild ride the last couple of years. The labor market has really um, shifted, and so it's been you know, my geeky HR side of thing has been really fascinating where we've been getting a lot of updated market data. And so what that has caused us to do is not only just look at gender dynamics, but looking at all sorts of things of tenure performance, um, how different roles that people have been in promotions. There's, there's a lot that goes into it and we've proactively uh, increased people's pay. So we're not waiting necessarily for someone to negotiate. We say, you know, we want to make sure we're attracting and keeping our best top diverse talent. And so to do that, um, we've, it's, it's 
one of the things I'm really proud of at Extra Space that we've really intentionally said, hey, we're going to go ahead and we're going to make some adjustments. So we've done some out of cycle adjustments, mid-year adjustments, where typically we do annual adjustments. Um, and so I think that's one element. Another element, so I'm literally looking at the spreadsheet as we're doing our gender um, analysis right now. And one of the other things I want to highlight is that we don't just look at the impact of women. We're really looking at the whole employee population. And we found some males that they have been kind of underpaid or a little bit that, you know, their performance is there, but they've not necessarily moved at the same pace. And so it's one of those things we're looking for, um, just pay equity across the whole employee population and making sure that we're consistently paying um, based on performance and market data, make sure we're, um, no one is being taxed or no one's kind of being left behind. Yeah. And with your outreach around the United States, it seems like you'd have to look at state, the market by state as well. And even within states, you have different oh, city zones, different true. cities. I mean, you have like San Francisco, yeah. you have, you know, very, and fortunately COVID got us really used to paying attention to a city, county, state, you know, specific things going on. And, and there's different things in terms of pay transparency that I think that's going to have another huge impact yes. in gender pay as sometimes that knowledge is power of kind of saying, oh, this is the range. All right. Now I know what I can go in and ask for. So I think uh, that's yep. a movement we're going to see that's going to continue to help with that gender pay gap as well. I would also say one of the things that Whitney really brought to our uh, people team is her strength in analytics. Mm -hmm. uh, she's done a great job uh, moving HR from kind of this touchy-feely, here's what we think we should do, to really here is the data to to show why we need to take certain actions or why we need to do certain things. We, we, we measure a ton. We uh, do a lot of surveys, but we also are very in touch with, uh, you know, what, what's happening in the marketplace across 41 states and things like that. So um, the people analytics that, have, that she brought to this role has been fantastic for our company. Thank you so much. I was going to mention that in the state of Utah right now, actually, there is a bill up about, uh, but just state employees, at least that's where we can start because we get shut down, I have to say, in Utah yeah. with this kind of these kinds of uh, things, but specifically on the transparency issue and then that range issue. And we know from the research that that's critical, that women will negotiate more or do things when they, when it's transparent and when they see the range. Um, and uh, I, I think that plays into some other, not just gender, but race and some different other kinds of demographics. So I would love to have um, anything, Whitney, let's go with you here because you're you run HR. Anything you're playing with or exploring yeah, and thinking about the next steps with with hiring, retaining, and all those good things of employees. So one of the things, I'll start with attracting, kind of in the life cycle of team members. So we're just starting to play with AI in terms wow. of how we go about attracting our team members. And so um, that's utilizing um, artificial intelligence to help us um, be able to screen through different applicants. And our applicants can interact with our chatbot, Olivia, one of our favorite employees. And it helps us because sometimes we'll get a ton of applicants for different positions, like our remote call center agents. And they'll get 3,000 applicants. And also it's like, how do we make sure we're going to get the best applicants there? And so utilizing technology, we've been able to identify you know, some knockout questions. So we're not wasting applicants' time and say, okay, this isn't a fit, and then really kind of get to hone that so it's a smaller list when we get to that interview process. So that's kind of a new thing we're starting to roll out that we're pretty excited about. And then I always have an ongoing wish list from our team members, mm. of different benefits, services that they want us to be looking at. And 
Um, we do a anonymous benefit survey. So we ask our team members because goodness knows the last couple of years has taught us that the value of different benefits really shifts over time. Mm. You know, I think four years ago, have we talked about flexibility? It had a different response rate than we've had in the last couple of years. So some of those things on that wish list. Um, we're saying things about expanding parental leave benefits, pet insurance, adding additional flex holidays. So we kind of have that running list. And then every year when we look at our benefits, we look to say, okay, what are the things that really our team members are valuing? Are there any benefits that they're not valuing, that they're not utilizing, not valuing that we'd like to shift and instead provide different benefits? So that's that list Wonderful. is always there as we're hearing from our team members. That's wonderful. Thank you so much. Well, as we wrap up today, I want to ask Gwen, I'll start with you, but what final advice would you give to other business owners or companies uh, based on your experience with the offerings um, that we've discussed and, and other things as well? Yeah, I guess just more, more generally, I would say when, when looking at whether it's benefits, in particular flexibility with women, uh, I think business owners need to look at the, the long arc of a career instead of that short window. I think you have a lot of business owners that feel like 12 weeks, how can I have an employee you know, be out for 12 weeks on maternity leave? And as a result, you lose so many women when you take that very short-term view, because I think whether it's uh, you know, paternal, uh, parental leave or caring for an aging parent, uh, flexibility with childcare, those kinds of things are, are short in the, the long-term uh, benefits that, that women employees can bring to a company. And so I, I, I would just really recommend uh, to other companies to look, to look at that, that longer-term view than just the hassle of, you know, one parental leave or, or whatever, whatever it is in the offering. Thank you so much, Gwen. Whitney? Well, and I also want to say Gwen walks the talk on that. When she hired me, I was pregnant. Oh. <laughs> I got to be one of those individuals to join and then take that 12 weeks off. And Gwen, she had the best response of any boss I've ever had. When I said, Gwen, I got to tell you some news. And she goes, please tell me you're pregnant. And I said, I am. She goes, the best news. I'm so excited for you. And I helped cover those 12 weeks and was just a fantastic support. So it was a great testament to me that I was like, oh, it's when you join a new company, you're like, you say you have these benefits and policies. And then how does it really work in, um, when, when the situation arises. And I got to say, Extra Space walked the talk on that one, which was great. Oh, what a funny response, though. That is so <laughs> great, Gwen. So yeah. thank you so much. So I'd like to thank both of our guests, Gwen McNeil and Whitney Harper from Extra Space Storage. And thank you to our listeners for taking the time to join us today on this podcast episode hosted by the Utah Women and Leadership Project at Utah State University in partnership with Utah Public Radio, USU Extension, and the John M. Huntsman School of Business. To learn more about our research, resources, and events, please visit us at utwomen.org. And to learn more about other companies that champion women and also the Inspire Utah initiative, visit inutah.org. Thank you.